This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve Go ahead and play it back, you ain't gonna touch me You're not gonna do nothing, you are not above me I bet you wish you was me, I know that I know What is poppin' everybody? And welcome back to another special episode of the Only Friends Podcast. Well, you know, it's me and my only friend, which includes, but is not limited to, the birthday boy, Guapito Tortito! Guapito there Tortito. Is, there he is. I'm only a couple years closer to playing the Seniors event. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday, Guap. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Guap, when you get to the Seniors event, I'll buy all your action that you want. <laughs> I appreciate that. There was no a big 10. Had a markdown, obviously. Yeah, yeah yes. markdown, obviously. <laughs> there was a big 10K Seniors event at the win. 10K? Yeah. 10K buy-in. Did you uh, play it? Not not quite there yet. Salzburg is in the mix though. Yeah. If he can play, you can play it. Right. Wait, what? I don't play 10Ks outside of 40 million guarantees. Mm. Nah, you you want to play that 10K <laughs> shit? I mean, those seniors are mm-hmm. your people. Those are my people. Did you see um uh, whose tweet was it? <laughs> I forgot who it was, but he's like, I really hope this playing the seniors event. I really hope they have a nap time. Did <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. it Side out, yeah. Side there yeah, we go. Side out's based. That's so good. Dinner break is at three thirty. Yeah. The seniors event starts at fifty or fifty-five. Fifty. Fifty. Okay. Fifty. And I think the yeah. starting time of the tournament was like six a.m. Right. <laughs> Probably should be. You have the early bird special. Man, that'd be so good. They give you like bagels and locks. Yeah, they should. Like for one of these small buy-in events, they should just start it at like eight a.m. and let Reg close at like two. God, I would love that. That's so actually much. kind of nice because the people that want to be there from the start will always be there from the start. Yeah, anyways. Lamanna will be there at eight a.m. Mm-hmm. The rest yeah. of us will show up at two. Nope, I'll be there at eight a.m. because I love that time slot. <laughs> right for Conrad, that's sleep. basically like a three p.m. Yeah, eight a.m. is like three p.m. for him. Mm-hmm. This is nighttime for Conrad. Why did Why did your cheek look like I won the slap bet? My man. I had fucking seven Skittles, and now I'm in pain, torture, and I want to die. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you. I have a chipmunk. It's I your look mouth. like a chipmunk. Look at this. Look at that. Watch my finger go out. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out. I, as somebody who's suffered from this before, it's not the Skittles. I mean, you know, they don't help. It's not about the Skittles that makes it happen. No, no, no. You have an infection. I understand about it, but the Skittles inflame it. Any sugar, <laughs> any come sugar. On, I don't think it's the no, sugar. No, come on, bro. It's it's literally an infection. Like you should be on antibiotics right now, or you know, get your fucking root canal done. Yeah, yeah. I I went through it. I yeah. tried to I tried to do what you did. I remember I could. It was so bad. I there was so much pus. I could oh, to alleviate it. Come on. I could put my finger like on my gums and like really push. It would like move the pressure of the. That's an the infection. infection. I'm not gonna lie to you. I've tried that many times and it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I went through like I was, I was like, this has to be pus. How do I get it? I would go through like tubes of uh, of that ointment. The gel? I, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't think of the name. Or gel. Or gel. Yeah. Yeah. I would go through like tubes of it and then that would stop working. I was like, oh man, this is getting really bad. There's a picture of me. I was on TV uh, at the Pirates game six versus the Cardinals in I think like 2013 or 2014. 2014, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it cut. No, it, it was 13. Was it? I thought 13 was the Cueto year. 
That was. That's when they played the Cardinals. They they beat. The, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. The next two years they mm. lost the, the wild card game. Yeah, correct. Never got to the. So yeah, I guess it was 2013. <laughs> um, and man, it was a fuck. They they could have won that game too. I digress. Uh, <laughs> so it cuts to me in the eighth inning. I think they were losing like one nothing or two to one. It was a one run game, and it cuts to me and Jace mm-hmm. in the right field bleachers. It was amazing. That, it literally cut to just you two, like out of like, everybody in the crowd. Like they were like, "Who are the two biggest yinzers in yeah. this fucking stadium?" And it was just you that two are just absolutely <laughs> miserable about what's going on. I think like Pedro just struck out, mm-hmm. and it just like pans to us, and my lit or my cheek is like out to here, yeah. and I'm just like deadpan like this. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine you ate a baseball. Yeah, I imagine that Bob Walk was just like. If that doesn't sum up our season, I don't know hey, what will. It's, it's okay. The Pirates are going to get back to the playoffs. They just re-signed McCutcheon. You seem very excited. I am. Well, yeah, I had to wear my shirt, right? Yeah. It's, it's baseball season. Kutch is back, speaking of seniors. It's uh, only baseball <laughs> season because the Steelers are dead. Correct. Okay. Okay. It's, <laughs> Matt, when you had your uh, appendicitis, how many hours did you wait before you went to the hospital? 14 hours. Ooh, I did six. Yeah. When did, did you six? have yours? Uh, New Year's. Oh. Two years ago. Wow. Yeah, it was like five in the afternoon. New Year's um, Eve, right? Yeah. yeah. It was like five in the afternoon, and I just thought I could knuckle mm-hmm. it out. And then by midnight, I was like, something's what, wrong. What were your symptoms? It started in the middle of my chest. Mm-hmm. And then by like 10 o'clock at night, it started to move lower. Yeah. And that's when I thought, okay, this is probably bad. Then I went and took a shower. I started throwing up in the shower. and I'm Really? Like, I was like, I got to get out of here. I, I thought I had the flu. So I haven't thrown up in like 20 years. Um, and like, I don't know, 10 AM that morning I was on the couch and my stomach was just writhing in pain, but it kind of felt like some combination between like being queasy and constipated. And I was just like, "Ah, I must just be sick. I'm going to nap this off. So like I would sleep for a little while. I'd wake up in like cold sweats. I had no appetite at all. Couldn't eat. And this just continued throughout the day. And at like 10, 10 PM somehow, I don't know how I just like put myself to bed and fell asleep. I don't know how the fuck I fell asleep like eight hours into an appendicitis attack, yeah. but or twelve hours I guess. But I fell asleep and at like two a.m. I just like sat up like a like a rocket. I'm just like I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm what I felt. Dying. That's what I felt. Yeah. And I I was just like I don't know what's going on, but like isn't your appendix on your right side? And it's on I your Google b- it lower right. Yeah, yeah. I Google it because the pain was like located or local now. Yeah. I Google it and it's like, yeah, your appendix is on your right side. I'm like, fuck, I have appendicitis. <laughs> and it's like two thirty, three o'clock in the morning now. Yeah. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, who am I going to wake up? <laughs> oh, you took yourself? Yeah. So Dude, I, I couldn't do anything. I could put my shoes on. Yeah. So I had to, I had to like kick my shoes up to me and then I laid flat on the bed and I put my legs up and I put my <laughs> shoes on like this and I like rolled out of bed, doubled over in pain. <laughs> and I like, I like, you know, ogre myself to the Wobble car. Out. Yeah. Uh, get in. I had a stick at the time, which was Jeez. like even worse. <laughs> <laughs> just like double pedaling. Who are you living with? Uh, O'Brien and Tyler, maybe Andy. I feel like Andy wasn't it, there because I would have oh, woken up. Yeah, Andy. I was going to say, Andy, Andy definitely yeah. woke up just, Andy. Just wake yeah. up Andy. He would have took you. Yeah, I do feel like yeah. I would have woken up Andy. I think Craig was there instead. Definitely <laughs> not waking up Craig. <laughs> uh, but the hospital was like right up the road. It was. Three miles away. Maybe. I got lucky too. My hospital's right up the street. 
<laughs> you have a hospital? Yeah, Centennial Hills. It's literally right up. The I street. just went to a hospital. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is the nearest place where they will get this alien thing out of me? Mm-hmm. Like, appendicitis is works different for everyone. Like, some people are fine. Some people just like feel like they're dying. No, no. I think everybody eventually just yeah. it just gets worse and worse yeah, and worse. Because until, the thing is, if you get to burst. the point where it just bursts, if it yeah. bursts, then you're in a you're in a, a lot bigger trouble because you can go get go septic and then uh and then you're like yeah i don't know if mine burst or not but they kept me so it's supposed to be outpatient you you were probably there for a few hours right i got there at two in the morning operation at like 7 a.m i was home by noon okay so mine was similar i got there at like 4 a.m operation 7 a.m they kept me overnight because i was uh they were afraid that i was gonna be gangrenous yeah Uh, so i imagine that yours probably burst burst, yeah wait so you had this removed too i i haven't no not yet but, but at some it point, might come for me at some get point. Get me out of this. I hope not. I hope not nope. It's like wisdom teeth. Yeah, some people random. get them out, mm-hmm. some people don't. Yeah. yeah. I never had my wisdom teeth out. Right. So I'm saying not everyone needs to get an appendicitis. Oh, correct. No, uh, not everyone. Well, appendicitis is the is the um is the problem. Right. Right. Uh but not everyone has to get their appendicitis. Appendectomy removed. is having it removed. No, removed. You only need to get it removed if it becomes it's inflamed. If, yeah, infected, inflamed. Do we know how that happens or just random? Just random. We don't even know what the fuck it does. It's just in us. Wasn't yeah. it for like processing like plants and stuff when you were like when you were like Maybe. ancient people? Like it Maybe. had a purpose before, but like probably. now probably. not anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. your tailbone. There was one once upon a time, probably a fucking a tail. tail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you ever met like people with like pronounced like tailbones? Like almost little nubs? <laughs> no. Little, little, little tail <laughs> nubs? Mm-mm. That reminds mm-hmm. me of shallow hell. That's what I was thinking, <laughs> shallow <laughs> hell too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like wagging back and forth. I, I don't know why. How are we on this conversation Who right knows? now? Jesus Christ! There, I've, I've told this story before about my roommate Ricky uh, and his girlfriend, who whose friend walked in on me showering. Whatever. Uh, the other thing about the girl who walked in on me showering was that she had like a tail. Well, <laughs> well, oh, like. No. Where is this going? The way it was described to me was a second butthole, but what? but it didn't it didn't lead anywhere. <laughs> so I think I'm lost. I think it was just like a tail. I think it was like a little tail. It was like in a little Audi, you know. Oh no! <laughs> That's a big Audi. Oh I can what the fuck is that? Oh man! Oh, man. What is yeah, that from? Know. Shallow Hell. Hell. Never Great seen movie. It. It's not that good. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, good. Brian, it's, not <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's a funny movie. It, it has its moments. You're not missing anything. All right. We have a fun show for you guys today, as you can tell. Um, we're going to get into all things WPT. Uh, it's a lot. A lot. A lot going on there. Uh, <laughs> Go we <Santosh>. have. <laughs> Go Santos. We have the main event coverage still to, to talk about as they uh, wind down to day six. We have the Prime, which wrapped up yesterday. I think there's a little bit to talk about there. Mm-hmm. Um, the 25K that been wind shipped, as well as the Million Dollar One Drop, which is coming into the final table now. Um, I want to do an In the Muck. I am admittedly not perfectly prepared for this, but we have a lot of submissions on our Discord. Let's go. I want to pull one. Um, I apologize. You guys aren't going to have the graphics because I didn't do this prior, but... Let's get let's get in here and see uh, see what we're talking about. All right.
All right, now I want to state I haven't really, I haven't really uh, combed this one over, but the title got me. That's good. We get your true reaction. That's true. That's yeah, true. That's, I like that. <laughs> could be good. Could be bad. Could be good. Could be bad. <laughs> yes, okay. and it's it. real. Uh, a lot of tournament in the mucks being submitted now. Due, that time due to the WPT <laughs> and whatnot. It's yeah. hard to uh, not be when you lose every pot with ninety bags on day. Oh, oh my okay. god! Get there. Oh you know what? Here. You, you know, know what? Would you talk like about to be in being in the fucking muck? I'm in the muck. Yeah. You were so in the muck. Would I you was. like to be in the muck? Would you, do you got one for us? I mean, not, do, you, do you have a greater picture of the muck? It's not yeah. a hand. It's just yeah, like the exactly. entire day, day two was a muck. Like okay. I never had a two hour span in a tournament. Talk to us about it. Yeah. I just lost everything. You're hand. on the couch. Let's go. Let's hear but, it. This is this is a nice couch. Landon <laughs> had a moment. He's like, "Oh my god, I'm in the muck. Don't do that in the muck, cause I'm in the muck. Oh my god, I'm in the muck, guys." I forgot about the muck because <laughs> I just it, all, it was all a blur. Mm -hmm. The muck can be like that first times. Yeah, like, so you made day two of the three K. By the way, was it a million dollars the first? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? And Bornstein <laughs> and Bucky are still in. Let's go, boys. Woo. How many people are left? Nine. Jesus, a million dollars for three K? Yep. Fuck is going on here? It's absurd. Was it a five million prize pool? Sitting more six. Six? I got six. So three million guarantee. I got six. Two thousand runners? Yeah. yeah. And eight hundred on day one. Eight hundred to thirteen hundred. Okay. And you made day two with an optimistic stack of ninety I made bigs. Day two was five hundred k. Average stack was like two fifty. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. twice as much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a good thing. Seems like uh, you can maybe win a tournament like this. Well, let's not get carried away. Yeah. First hand, button opens. Uh, opens off 23. I'm big blind with queen six off. Roll the 10 percenter. Go for the three bet. Mm. Get clicked mm. on. Yep. Mm. Like, all right, this is what... You got what you deserve. Yeah, this is, how we don't this roll, is what it's like to be in the muck. Let me tell you something, buddy. We don't roll the 10 percenters live. You just let that queen six get on and out of there. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need it. Right. Yeah, call. You can't fold. Wait, you called it... I'm not saying you have to fold. I'm just saying, like... We just don't three bet it. We got they open good hands, man. Nah, you nah. This guy, this guy's raising enough. Mm -hmm. Anyways, next hand that Cope. I get to play. No, I swear. Next, he he jammed twenty five bigs over a button limp with queen four suited. Mm. And you think he's gonna fold to your measly little three bet? Measly. <laughs> might just jam that's it right flip, over. As I said, that's the flip side of it. <laughs> <laughs> might, might just click it on your ass yeah, with might. a little queen four suited. He's not folding his hand. <laughs> Some things you learn after the fact, and it's still fine. <laughs> Relax. It's fine. It is fine, but I will say, I don't try to have uh, well-balanced ranges versus people that fight really fucking hard. This Just is try to one have the deck, buddy. Yeah, that's unlucky for you. I mean, mm -hmm. you've, you learned later pretty quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, kind of. Like, you never really know with these guys. Like, next hand, I get to play low jack open, high jack call. I'm cut off with ace jack off. Squeeze. Yeah, we got it. We're in there. Jam. Yep. Rejam. Yep. Out. I'm like, but everyone just gets aces today. Queens and kings. I'm like, okay. oh. No, you were alive. You should have called it off. Yeah. Ace come? Yeah, would you hit it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> would have saved yourself some time, though. No. It's true. <laughs> Lots of time. Yeah. yeah. And well, pain. Yeah, I got to, got a pay jumper or someone at least. I think a couple there hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, next hand, I want to say uh undergun nine opens i call off 22 with king jack of hearts and then the guy that's been three bet squeezing a ton but by three bet squeezing a ton just had good hands three bet squeezes cut off first guy folds and you can't recall and you can't back jam so you just have to fucking muck it mm -hmm. i just like i angry muck in a way that gets me to want to see his cards you know what i mean like i just like look disgusted and like slam like i'm just mm -hmm. like like slam fold to like get the like I want him to show me that he's not fucking around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kings. 
Like I had one of those. I guess that doesn't really matter now, does it? No. Uh, the only time I did win pots was when I was either I limp jammed like blind versus blind, Fuck or yeah. someone opened and I jammed and they folded. I didn't get to play post post flop. Not a thing. Ninety big blinds. You think it might be, but no. Mm-hmm. Was the rest of the table enjoying your misery? I'm sure they were. Yeah. I'm sure they had a great time. Yeah, I bet. I were, mean, <laughs> were you stim- openly stimming? No, I was internally stimming. <laughs> And then uh, button, button jam 15. I called off ace queen off big blind. He had ace 10 off, 10 high. It's like, okay, I'm just not going to win today. You know? Mm-hmm. You be, I think people forget the tournaments are genuinely scams. Like, Generally? actually scams. Well, are they scams? Like, what does like, that mean? Sc- they're scams, but you choose to play them. Right. Like, like you have to be, like, you're, if you're in the muck, then you're, you're, you're really not okay with how this transpired because you kind of have to be. If you're going to play tournaments, you have to be, but sometimes you've done anything different. Would you have done anything different? different? No. Like, and I was, I was happy with the way that I effectively tried to play poker, right? right? Cause I didn't right. really play much poker. It was right. just <laughs> get jammed on, but it's like, mm-hmm. I was Squidward in his house while SpongeBob and Patrick are outside, like dancing around like, Oh, like I got aces. I got Kings. Like I'm going to jam on this fucking guy every time he, he, he tries. But it's like, they won. <laughs> I was the guy that got aces and Kings, mm-hmm. right? But for these tournaments, you just have to be okay with, not getting chosen, but some people are the chosen ones. Mm-hmm. Efro said he wasn't even there, and he's enjoying Landon's misery. <laughs> <laughs> no, Efro made day two and then busted yeah. hand one. Yeah. He made day two, lost ace jack. But like, it's it's weird to think that I've just accepted this as a reality. Yeah, where it's like you know what. Well, because before it used to be so much easier to think, oh, like first is a million, like it's going to be you. And then one like, of these times, one of these times it's going to be you. And then mm-hmm. you keep showing up and you're like, this is insanity. Yeah. It's actually insane mm-hmm. to think that this is like a, not a career path, right? But like, you're not doing you're the same Wang. thing over and over again. If you're Ben Wang, you just win, on, win you just them all. You them all. No, Some no, people are chosen. You must, you must spell his name. It's Ben Win. Ben, ben, ben Wynn. Well, he yeah. is Wynn. I mean, he wins. <laughs> yeah, I think, we, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but I think uh, what's, what, what's actually scammy about MTTs, I guess, if you want to use that word, which I, I don't necessarily know what it applies, but the, the part that feels bad about MTTs is that <clears throat> your, your win rate is, you know, in theory, there. Like whatever it is, you it's know? somewhere. Yeah. Well, well, it's 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 flat. Like whatever it is, right? If you're thirty percent ROI, then you're making X percent, or sorry, you're making X dollars every time you buy into an event. Yada yada right. yada. But uh, unlike cash, the wins and losses don't come rather consistently, right? Like cash like, yesterday for an hour and one. See, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, like when you play cash, it's like win three, lose one kind of thing. Win. Win one, lose one. Win three, lose one. Mm-hmm. Win two, lose one. For cash, yeah. You know, lose three, win two. The the streaks are very. Sometimes for you, you go one in twenty seven. Yeah, but it's really <laughs> unlikely, and it's it's very mild. And even when you go one in twenty seven, like I didn't even lose that much money. It was just like patience and uh, you know, having the fortitude to get up and go play the twenty yeah. eighth. You didn't lose many mm-hmm. buy ins. Point I'm trying to make is that in cash, there's no amount that I can win in a single session that will um will make up for a year's worth of losing and there's no amount that i could lose in a single session that would deplete a year's worth of winning right but in mtts that's kind of the the gimmick them's the breaks you know it's like mm-hmm. you just it, it's almost like dfs 
It's, it w- or I, like best ball. I was going to say it's very similar. It, it's like video poker. Yeah. Right? Because like, <laughs> no, it really is. Because if you're playing, uh, you're playing a 99% payback machine, right? You better hit some fucking royals or you're not going to ever see 99% of your money back. Right? And that's just like how it works. It's like, why do, like it's 99% payback. Why do I keep losing? Well, because you need to hit royals to, to realize the 99%. Yeah. Just like you need to have these deep runs, these big scores in tournaments to realize your win rate, which... If you play enough of them, you should get there, but that's all in theory land. Also, like when it comes to where a lot of the win rate is, right? You say, oh, my ROI is 30%, my ROI Mm -hmm. is X. It's very predicated on how well you play final tables, too. That that part's true. Um, You're going to materialize that part more when you get there, but the chance of you getting there is so low. Right, so now it feels like the world is on your shoulders when you do get there, and it's not just a one-off type of thing. Yeah, I I think the big the big part that you don't realize that you're signing up for. And this is especially true live because everybody's so fucking narcissistic and so arrogant (laughs) to believe that like somehow they're better than the next guy at navigating the portion of the tournament where you do not make money. Everybody mm-hmm. is of the oh the structure's so good you didn't have to take that risk like you know I you hate don't have to. these people it's so <laughs> dumb and the the truth I love is, you too Landon <laughs> <laughs> the truth is that no. everybody who's kind of navigating day ones this way are probably having a slightly higher cash rate but they just never fucking win right and that's you e- cannot win with that m- mm-hmm. mentality I, I took that uh, something I really took away from uh, Hunt in the uh, tournament academy you know it was just like. It's like, listen, you're going to bust tournaments. When, if you have 30 big blinds and there's, you know, 80% of the field left, you're not trying to preserve that stack. Right. Like if you do, you're, you're yeah, you're just going to sometimes get to a min cash. You're not going to, you need to build your stack. You need to not be so conservative with your stack, especially in like the first half of the tournament. Yeah. It's obviously a fine line between like spewing and taking spots, but like for a perfect example, day right. one of the 10K, I'm playing to get a stack large enough that yeah. can bag while I blind out or bust, mm-hmm. and I still couldn't find enough spots to gamble. You're not trying to make big, exploitable folds. Like, right, yeah. To, to preserve your life. Right, and, and but, but more importantly, uh, I was willing to be spewy and take some negative EV spots and still couldn't even find enough of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I didn't even have any close decisions where it's like, well, with the information I have, yada, 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 maybe squeezing ace jack here is like losing small instead of breaking even. No, it was none of that. You know, it was a lot of just like 8-3 off, fold, 8-3 off, fold, 8-3. Like, I can't even enter pots type of thing. And that's kind of what you sign up for. You don't realize that like in order to be a tournament player who has a really good return, you are just going to spend 90% of your hours out of the money and yeah. busting yeah you know yeah, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna put in 90 percent. the best players in the world bust 75 percent of the tournaments they play maybe more maybe more yeah so more. like 90 percent. I, I might be high i might be a little high on the 90 percent because once depends you, on what the, once the, you make the money how, you put in a lot of hours yeah right. it depends on the structure but like somewhere around 80 to 90 percent of the time that you invest in playing tournament poker it'll be to re- have zero dollars return to you <laughs> yeah that's wild. That's a wild thing to sign up for. <laughs> I'm gonna go show up to the wind and like make some theater, theoretical dollars and hope today's my day. Yeah, that is hard to get out of bed mm-hmm. day after day after day. And the people who have the easiest time doing it are the ones like Ben who go on these fucking sun runs. But what it ends up doing, and this is a tale as old as time. Somebody has a fucking sick heater year where they are in that 
they're in that uh, like zoomed in stretch of the graph where they're sun running just w's everywhere yeah mm -hmm. and and you know like their roi is like 30 percent long term but for this small portion of the zoomed in part of the graph they're 30, making three thousand percent <laughs> or something you know and it's really easy to get out of bed and go play the next one and the next one and the next one and the momentum time to go collect you, my check and mm -hmm. everything else what ends up happening we've seen this so many times throughout the last 20 years is that person then regresses to the mean right and spent and this i'm not saying this is going to happen to bin but i'm saying like we've seen this happen in the past that person now regresses to the mean spends the next 10 years fucking min caching and busting and is dead flat broke with a roulette problem <laughs> by the time by the time you know they they realize that like oh shit uh variance really plays a heavy hand in my results when it's all said and done yeah and i think that there's this like false sense of control where the people that make deep like it's like the good but not great run principle where even if you make top one percent you get no money right like even getting called one fiftieth out of a 2k person field it's like you get two buy-ins mm -hmm. like that's what you get yep. that's that's, that's what you get. Yeah. That's what you get. I, I will say you got the chance to try to exactly. get a million dollars. Right? I will say right. I will say doubling off of that, the the people who uh and this is just a byproduct of survivorship bias, but a lot of the people who end up making it in the MTT space and do become longstanding pros that we you know, they're recognizable, they're they're the guy. And Bin may be that when it's all said and done. They're the ones that when they have this run, when they have this sun run, they take the risk that it's a byproduct of being their time and them being well prepared and they start upping the buy-in and you see that with bin he was playing like you know 3500s a year ago and now he's in like 25ks pretty much across the board like he, he's playing everything mm -hmm. and he's still smashing yeah he also max late wrecked the 300 quad stack in florida it was sick <laughs> like right. i was like maxing this tournament i seen them like who loves it more right so like when you're winning <laughs> it's so easy to put in the volume right you know of course. and and guys like bin who capitalize on these stretches and just max out the volume show up and max out the return put themselves in a position to be long-standing members of the community you know now they will be able to to curb a lot of variance moving forward assuming that it doesn't all just like fall off of a cliff tomorrow mm -hmm. you know if he starts just like randomly playing 100ks because all of a sudden he's built the role for it and doesn't you know appropriately sell or whatever and it falls off a cliff well then yeah he's gonna be fucking panhandling a year from now but yeah, like but that's everybody yeah exactly and it, it's anybody who understands the underlying math of like how tough of a choice it is to go the mtt route but also understands how much win rate is available because the majority of the field doesn't get it mm -hmm. man i you think know, that's, that's the, i think that's the well i think the sharp thing uh to do when you have these spots if you're like caught fortunate enough to be able to do it is offload action like swap with your yep. friends that you think can also make deep runs and do things like this because <clears throat> you might like call it from an ev icm standpoint call it back in a 3k with 90 bigs icm value of seven starting stacks isn't nearly worth 20k right because there's too many people probably it's worth something like 12 like 12 yeah. to 13 right so like, okay like i have 13 like i have a 13k stack here where most of the time i'm not going to even get this much money back you're going to lose a, a bunch of all-ins and you're out but you have some friends that might make some deep runs or have some people that you know mm -hmm. so okay like offloading action along the way and not having the eggs in the, in the same basket has to be on the back of your mind more so now than before where before like win rates are probably a little bit higher you know and people mm -hmm. had more of a not delusion when it comes to like winning big field mains and things like this no it was delusion 
Like, sure. I wasn't around for the, the delusional era, right? But everyone I that I talked to from like a professional standpoint is like, dude, these things are ridiculous. Like, I used how to get you FOMO win? every time a big event would come up. Because you thought you would just win it. Yeah, I just thought it was my time. Like, mm -hmm. I thought I'd put in enough of a grind and I've come close enough where it's like, I'm good at poker. I could just win this event, but I can't win it if I'm not in it. When the first one drop, the million dollar one drop came up, I was fucking broke. And I was on the sidelines like drooling like, oh my God, man, if they just let me in there. That would be the one. When I got to play the Super High Roller Bowl for the first time, mm -hmm. it was just like, oh my God, like, this is what I've been preparing for. Like, I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to just blitz through. And you almost did. Yeah. You, you, almost you know, it's like you almost convince yourself. Imagine if you did. Like, in the right. sense, of like your mentality, like, oh, like, I thought I was going to blitz, like, house these people. And then Variants picked you. It did. I was chip leader for three days, mm -hmm. you know? And then Variants picked against me at the end of day three and i didn't realize that was what like i w i had convinced myself you did something wrong well i was very tired that day so now i had convinced myself that that had impacted my play in a way that the last two days hasn't even though you were just wired while you were playing yeah i was just like losing normal spots you know i i lit rainer bluffed me in a spot where i had a really close decision with middle pair uh I, <laughs> yeah tough like zero ev right yeah probably. yeah probably i i made a really exploitative play against mercier when we were two out of the money where now I would never do it. But back then I was just like thinking about the game very differently. I, he opened button and I flied at Queens because he covered. Uh, right, you and just, I, yeah. And I just put myself in a bad spot to bluff catch where he had King 10 and it came King high. Yeah. Um, just like really dumb things where I was, you know, maybe too hyper aware. Cause at that point I had lost a lot of my chips and we were getting close to, to the making real money. I was like, cashing right. this thing now is a really big fucking deal. And it's like, oh, if I three bet queens and he four bets me and then I have to get exactly. it in versus ace king and I lose, exactly. I've wasted the opportunity. Well, especially in 2016, like mm -hmm. you just don't see those bluffs coming through as often. You know, you don't really see the I three bet queens, he jams ace five suited. Like that, that shit wasn't happening back then. Um, so yeah, it was like, you know, I got a little too conservative. Don't get me wrong. Like the errors were there, but the errors were also probably there from the day field. one and day two. Yeah. And also for sure from the field. Uh, my point is, is that like I had convinced myself that the results, both positive and negative were correlated to me. It all fell, it all fell on you. Right. And like largely it neither of those were true. I think the funny part is now that the people that have put in time, effort and energy think that it doesn't fall on them if they do call it theory strat. It's like, look, like I showed up, I tried to play like the machine. Everybody's kind of agreed. We've had the consensus that we look and defer to the solve as the thing that's going to win the most over long term. But people forget the amount of variance that exists in tournaments in the first place yeah. to where it's hard for Pyro to realize that edge type stuff. Yeah. But we all try to mimic these things when we have questions. And even at the highest stakes, like the one drop, everyone confers HRC, Pio, and they look at this and we say that this is the answer. Honestly, I think that's why guys like Chance are so fucking good in open field events. And I don't think like he gets nearly enough credit because we are moving so much more and more and more towards the... Answer book. Yeah. I, I think people forget that like if big field events are worth playing it's simply because the majority of the field is freestyling and you don't beat a freestyler for the max that's that's the point right that's the question is like mm -hmm. does pio beat the freestyler to no, the max no way no chance the pio right. beats them yeah but you know pio suffers a lot of uh a, a lot of like swings throughout the the process that is unnecessary because you just look 
the guy in the face and saying like, bro, I'm folding, I'm folding a full house here mm -hmm. because you have quads. Yeah. You know, like these are spots where like you just get to save a whole lot of money. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I know we look at a lot of the stuff Chance does and we're just like, what is this fucking guy doing? What's he cooking? Right? Like what, what is going on here? But I think he just gets a lot of the pressure points where if somebody doesn't have a fully completed strategy, your cards don't really matter all that much. Yeah, I mean, right? you've seen that. You, you saw cards up coverage <laughs> of him playing the main. Yeah. He's like, oh, this guy's bottom. I'm going to three bet eight, three off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Guy had bottom. It's like, okay. All right. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> if you the, know he's falling, it doesn't matter what you right, have. Exactly. Right. That's really what it comes down to. If you're playing the ace, king, queen game on every single street and you just keep finding spots where they have the king, then YOLO, the man. The king at best. Yeah. yeah right? Sometimes yeah. they just have the queen and they're gone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's like, oh, like, I just think he has stone dust, though. I'm just going to do you bet jam. Right. Do you mm -hmm. bet jam. Guy's not full. Yeah. So. You're, you're, four on a you're playing the ace, king, queen game, and they have the queen, and you just have the 10. You're like, well, I guess I'm just going <laughs> to play right. the 10. Here's an extra card. It's yeah, it's ten. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even have cards. It yeah. doesn't matter. But right. Well, you can't extrapolate the toy game out. You can do the ace, king, queen, jack, 10 game, where yeah. ace, 10 are nuts, and then everything yeah. else is a variable. Well, like, nowadays... Like the the call it regs that put in time that that study a lot and do all those things think that I'm gonna do my job and the results will be what they will be. Where before it used to be, That's I'm comforting. going to win this. It's comforting, but how much is it cope versus correct? Right, because at some point we say that the overlord does exist, and at other points we do say we have autonomy. Yeah, some I points mean, you want to defer, and sometimes is, you don't. This is a pretty deep philosophical question. I I'm think. in the muck, man. This is my muck. Like my muck is not the same as oh, what do you do with queens on Jack six four? My muck is <laughs> like how much credence do you give to having your own freestyle ability right. versus having this weird answer key that we agree kind of works sometimes, but then other spots is stone dusto. It's tough. It's tough because like for someone like me, I just believe in the capability of freestyling and I, I'm very happy to live with results and I don't have to answer to anyone. And that's just like partly okay delusion. Maybe, maybe not. Like I know where I'm flawed. If I if I learned ICM better, then I would feel like I was, you know, significantly uh ahead of the curve in, in MTTs in a big way because I'm going to understand spots to redline appropriately. I'm gonna understand spots to increase my blue line against really weak opponents. I'm going to do the things that like the machine won't allow. Like I'm going to, you know, flat Jack nine suited in the low Jack versus under the gun one, because he's a whale and I know he's way too wide and the people behind me are too passive. Like, I'm just going to do those things. I'm going to fight for pots in ways that the machine will slap your hand over. Right. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm losing long run on it. Who knows? But I highly doubt it. Right. That's that's but kind in a of tougher question. field. Of course, you're losing. Mm -hmm. You can't do it in every every scenario. And I guess my point is like, I'm fine with that because uh, I don't have to answer to anybody. I get to be autonomous. I get to make the decisions as I best see fit. And then, worst case, run them through my brain trust and say like, is this an idea kind of thing? Whereas, like for you and a lot of other guys that are coming into the scene, you're going to have backers to answer to, peace buyers to answer to. You're going to have uh, your own self-doubts because you're only a couple years into the game and you can't lean on the same amount of experience. Man, you know? it's it's so funny. Like, just playing cash for an hour yesterday, like, I had a spot where I uh, was playing heads up. And, like, I just, like, flop goes check, check, turn, I check, call, river, I check, jam as a bluff. And I'm just like, 
I know this feels good for me because mm. I'm playing for me. Right. And yeah, there may be some mechanics here at play that I do think are correct. But even though I'm unsure, I'm okay with taking this line because I'm the one that has to pay the price if I am wrong. Welcome to freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, well, part of the freedom, like in theory, like call it backer freedom, is like if you're the people that like believe in you also believe in the brain trust overlord being the solves and you try to replicate the solves as much as you possibly can logically it's hard to be like okay even though you busted 20 times in a row you're doing what you're supposed to be doing right but there's that like fear and doubt in the back of the mind it's like is he working hard enough is he looking at the sims enough is he actually executing or is he just doing things like to where like do i have do i now have to answer to the overlord because the people that give me money want me to or do they give me money to try to use my own brain where both can be true at the same time? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you had these good reasons. Sure, this spot I would have deferred to the sim. And now you have to make these in-game decisions of who do I trust? Is it myself or is it... Yeah. Is it, it, like, is are it the answer Are you a slave to book? the sim or are you not? Well, it's not about the slave to the sim, right? Because kind of. Everybody because agrees that with the solve, like... The solve is a picture mm-hmm. book, right? Right. The solve is a picture book, and the point is to try to get a bunch of different patterns from the picture book that you can. Mm-hmm. And you think, okay, like these combos do these things for these reasons, and my hand in this spot has those same mechanics around it. Yeah. Not every spot's gonna be okay. It's button big blind twenty seven. His range looks exactly like. Hey, does your range look like this picture book? It's like, <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> so, end of the day, it's all just guessing and literally trying to do your best to make the most out of the spot. It's not easy. Especially when you think that this guy's going to fold range on turn and then you get called. It's like, oh, I guess I'm an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, kind of having followed your career, I think there's a lot of things that you've done in big leverage spots where there's a lot on the line that uh, is theoretically good and sound, but in the moment, very costly. Potentially. Yeah. Like, I just mean in the sense of... Potentially in the sense of sometimes like call 25k PSPC this year, like I5 at Jam Days 4 versus a button cutoff in a spot where cutoff doesn't play many clicks, but he clicked yeah. it and I piled. Where it's like, maybe that is, who knows, practical, impractical mistake, but you still have equity. Wait, when he doesn't play many clicks, that means he just has it, right? The guy's from Europe. Like, I'm not, I'm not playing some like random, like I'm not playing some it's idiot not, from Northern Europe. Like, yeah. I am playing cousin Q's in this fan. spot, you know, like it's just, it's just not the same. No, uh, I, I, I know, but that's why I'm, know. that's why I'm saying this because I think that in fields like that, like maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm, I'm kind of just hypothesizing, but I think like in general sense, and I'm, I'm extrapolating this a little bit from cash too, where cash is super deep. I think you can build a strategy where you never five bet and you just print. And I, I think that applies to both realms. Now, don't get me wrong. Like in cash, I want a five bet because I want to be the most dangerous guy at the table and I want to be able to maximize win rate. But I understand that a lot of volatility comes off of that. And the difference is that it's fine because I get to play the next hand. I get to play the next uh, spot, right? With MTTs, when you find yourself pitted up against uh, a worthy opponent who's also very well studied and you start delving into these nodes that the rest of the field are never playing most of the field is just like not playing five bet ranges period right most of the field is pretty gunshot of four bet and they lean pretty heavily on the top left gunshot of fucking three bet right that's what i'm saying so it's like whenever whenever the majority of the field is just leaking through these nodes it feels like a choice to uh to take a stand versus the guy that can just you know fuck you up 
in a zero EV spot. Well, the issue is if you never do the things that the machine does to protect itself, you are now giving up EV in some spots to then defer from that node. Not really. Only if he knows your strategy. But if he thinks that you're capable of five bed jamming ace four suited and you're really only like, you know, queens plus ace king there, how does he adjust? Yeah. Yeah, that's part of the game, right? Is like the difference between chess and poker is chess. You have the answer on the board. Poker, you never. Like, I don't like the guys are going to tell me, "Hey, you're going to jam Ace Four here." He's going to say yes. I think some of the biggest winners. Are, it's funny because I think some of the biggest winners in live MTTs are guys that are actually super sick nits when it comes to the the multi bet nodes, like the bet bet jam node, or or just like the four and five bet nodes pre okay like i don't want to name names because i don't want to out them but like i think that there are some guys that are like really 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 great naming fake action mtt pro exactly exactly the fap the fap mtt pro right like they're way too fucking wide with three bets but then whenever you look at the four and five bet nodes they're just nutted aces you know and it's like they fucking mash you can say conrad's name it's fine it's it's fine but it's like they mash because people are so accustomed to over adjusting because they just default give them the capability you know when they're retelling the hand history it's like god how the fuck does chance have aces here you know he's Mm -hmm. so capable (laughs) of four betting or five bet clicking like absolute nothing in chance's defense he's also five bet jam the jack duck suited i'm not using chance as the example but you you know what i I mean i get the point he he's the face of it because he is so extreme like he is going to show up with bottom that's like ludicrous um, but there's a lot of other guys that aren't chance that every time you play that five bet pot versus them, they're just going to be heavily nutted. Yeah. It's a good way to make a lot of money if yeah. you can put in the entire stack with a range that's queens plus. It really is. I mean, finding somebody to four betting kind of trash or wide is it's just not a thing that really happens. No, nah, it is though. It is though. There, you you just need to like sometimes you need, you, you but need like, to be able to see the spectrum of of people and the different archetypes. And then just like I saw, I saw a pot in the three K day one where button versus small blind, the button four bet king deuce suited. Yeah, versus deuces in the small blind. Yeah, like they're, they're I, just just, look at, I look at their hands. The king bro, bro flops the king. I'm like, oh, right, I guess they're just playing a different game then. Like I'm, I mean, <laughs> in that exact position, like that exact formation, it happens. I'm, I'm, like, like, I'm just saying there are certain the guys that over over fight, and you can just see it in their face. You just know that they're they're battlers to their own detriment. Uh, or there are guys that are like battlers to their own benefit, like Mormon. Mormon was the biggest fucking clicker in online poker history. Like this guy would find seven bet clicks with like you know utter trash back before ranges existed. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's look just at him now. Yeah, it's his persona. Like he's going to fight for for pots, and that's a really big attribute to possess. He fought for that board pair. He did fight for the board pair. I, I don't want to transition that yet. Let's get to. Um, Let's get off of this a little bit and Anyways, get into... That's my muck. Yeah. There's your you insight in the my, muck. My your once, muck was good. I hope you can climb your way out. My once a quarter muck. Yeah. yeah. I like your mucks because they're existential crises. Right. <laughs> that's truly what. That's truly the spirit mm-hmm. of the muck. Yeah. Right. The muck is not like, what do I have when I have a set and I get raised? Right. It's mm-hmm. how do I actually win in this game when everyone thinks that you're a loser? Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. 
when you think you're a loser. <laughs> right. But you yeah. keep showing up. That's right. That's right. Well, loser. there it is. There's your Who's answer. It's the true, though. It's, it's literally true. Like, you have to keep tr trying. And it's like a meme, but true that, like, you're one gamble away from the biggest score of your life. That's right. That's how tournaments work. That's like, how they work. In theory, you're just playing positive EV lottery tickets. Yeah. That 90 big blinds could have just, like, coasted all the way to final table and you just rip a million. I could have been the guy in the spot that kept getting kings, aces, do bet, ace, king, win all ins, win yeah. the flips, and just have, like, infinite and make final nine but instead i get 7604 and i sit here in this chair next to you people and talk about my play what do you mean next time you people you people i i will say that i hate to acknowledge and this the is sorry people this is this is true of cash too uh, i was talking to a friend about this the other day but i hate to acknowledge that a big part of of your win rate in both disciplines is just being patient enough to let the, the game come to you i just but that accept doesn't it doesn't mean don't go for it no but it, it does mean be mindful when you do go for no, it. No, but people yeah. say like people say like oh like let the game come to you like wait for the value wait to cool or it's someone. Not, it's it's like, not that. It's just understanding that a large portion of your win rate just comes from accepting your blue line, right? And just realizing there are some days where your blue line's flat, negative, and there's no, you're flat, negative. Flat's a fucking bonus for me, man. Yeah, of course. But I'm just saying like there are days where like you have absolutely it's out of your hands. The blue line is flat, it's negative, whatever, yeah. and all you're trying to do is do better than whatever that blue line result is. Right, because sometimes it's flat, but if you played if, if you, you played red good, line it's enough, flat. you can win. You can win, or you lose less. That, that's days, what I'm saying. Yeah. You're just trying to do better than whatever that blue line is. It, and that's true regardless. Even when even when the blue line's positive, you're still just trying to do slightly better than what you're doing at showdown. I mean, like, the amount of times that you've lost in Bobby's where you, you just get like, call it cooler at showdowns, this, that, whatever. And you're like, yeah, I mean, if I didn't have red line, I would have just lost a hundred straight right. versus losing 20. Yeah. It's like, that's a great day. Yeah. To, to clarify to everybody, so we're not speaking Greek, uh, blue line is just your, your win percentage at showdown. Uh, red line is the, the dollars won without showdown. So better river and they fold. Red so line. you're bluffing basically. Um, and yeah, I, I think that like, this is especially true for MTTs, you know, it's just patiently staying in the fucking event until they deal you a winner and then accepting those chips and making sure that you maximize that winner. But sometimes like, and I'm, <laughs> I'm going to preface this with like cut off opens. You have 15 bigs on the button with four. He's so in the yeah, it's unbelievable. No, like, But that's your winner. Yeah, like your winner yeah. is to jam this spot. But yeah, of course. But I mean, like some people would let the game come to you. My time is like, wait for aces, that's, wait for that's, kings. That's, that's not what I'm saying. No. What I'm saying is like, you know, maybe we don't yeet it with the queen six off. You know, sometimes we just let the game come to us. <laughs> sometimes you roll 10%. It's a good three bet and they fold and then you win. Yeah, Berkey. I, people forget this. <laughs> they, they're supposed to fall, man. <laughs> they are. I'm, I'm just trying to make this. I'm trying to state the case that uh, you... There are a lot of people who do not redline in MTTs that are big winners. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, like, the deck chooses them more than other, than other people in a short term. Is that true? Well, they have to. That's the only way that they're winning. They have a negative redline. They, they're only winning by the deck choosing them. I exactly. But they're allowing the deck to choose them. They're in long enough for the deck to choose them. Right? It's, it's a weird game. It's a weird game where you're going back and forth of accepting <laughs> variants. You know? <laughs> you don't like to play that game. You uh, want to be in control. Well, his eyes literally rolled all the way to the back of his head and around and back up just, again. <laughs> it's just, it's just cope, man. All the guy, all the sickest guys that win literally go for it. We know this to be true. In high rollers, they have yeah. to. Or in mains, like you look at nah. who's doing main. Nah. Stop. Nah. I mean, they don't. Like, you know, when we look at Cal, who won the prime. You, play the five forehand. 
Yeah. Jesus. When we look at Cal, who who won the prime, biggest first place in uh, a 1K in history. <laughs> the deck really chose him. He's 1. a fucking 3. battler. He's an absolute battler. But a lot of that battling is getting to realize blue line <laughs> fucking rolled a by attempting to red line. You know, it's it's like the five four is a good example. He and, and granted, this is this is heads up, I think, right? No, this is three handed. Oh, three handed. Okay. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, uh, of course. Uh, you know, my guy's going for it here. Why do I know Jay? Where do I know Jay from? I think he's a cash guy. He looks incredibly familiar. I feel like we've played together. I wonder what the stacks are, but he might not have like Jay might not have limbs here just because of the ICM pressure and the uh, covering stack. It looks like he is about two x. Right, but I don't know. What oh, this is heads. Oh, okay, it no. is three. No, it's three handed. So we don't. What, we don't yeah. know what the other stack is. Bro walked away. <laughs> He's over it. Oh, he knows this is going to be a long Okay. So Cal's third in chips has about half of Jay's stack who has fewer chips than the other guy, apparently. Um, yeah, two to one. I guess he'd have some limp. Queen three three. This isn't limp though, right? This is, it a is limp. Pot. It's limp. Oh, okay. it's limp. It's limp iso call. Oh, okay, okay. So Cal isos pre and then goes for the C bet. Okay, pretty standard. Probably going to range bet this board. Mm -hmm. I imagine Jay's going to call a lot. Uh, he's well. I mean, with the three and the low kicker, you like check raising here because you unblock a bunch of stuff too. Sure. So he goes for check raise. All right, let's get it. Mm -hmm. And then Cal. I could see Cal click here because he just does shit like this. Well, who knows? Have but you like, seen this yet? No, I just know he wins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, yeah. I haven't seen it either. And I've also played against Cal enough to know that, like. If he makes it 20 million here, I certainly wouldn't be fucking shocked. But that's not the deck picking him. Well, it kind of is. No, it obviously is because it's the only way he can win the hand. He's allowing the deck to pick him. Oh, yeah. By, not folding. <laughs> by, by not folding. By not folding <laughs> five high, no pair, no draw. Yeah. You see? Now look at this. He has dreams. <laughs> now here we are. <laughs> the world. It's available. Um, <laughs> fucking love this. This is so hard. Like, how do you win here? The SPR is 1.25, I guess. Uh, probably gonna face like Two half pot, ish. yeah, like half pot ish, a little less, like forty percent, I guess. Why does it say the pot is one million? It's fifty one. Oh, fifty one. That's yeah. just your eyes. That's not. That's not a dollar sign. <laughs> I thought it was a dollar <laughs> sign. <laughs> he goes forty percent. Yeah, this is good. Uh, Two e size. Cal's obviously got a peel. And now that we've got this far, uh, well, I mean, better than jamming. Now, now is when he's allowing the deck to pick him. Like he doesn't make the mistake of over aggressing, trying to redline the spot. Right. I guess. So yeah, he's gonna peel. He's gonna reverse straight. He's gonna face a jam. He's gonna have a call. And he's gonna high five Jay. And he's gonna <laughs> high five Jay and crush his hopes and dreams of taking down one point three million. Um, but yeah, I, I think Cal is a good example of what you are kind of gravitated towards, where he sort of makes his own luck. But, you know, when this shit doesn't work out, he has egg on his face. Uh, and I think that, like, to the opposite end of the spectrum, there are a lot of people who would have just passed on the spot with 5-4, which is very reasonable, and then looked for other situations to, to make chips, right? And also, this is a very unique dynamic. We're talking about three-handed at the final table, right? So, like, there's going to be a lot They've more... They've all already been chosen. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's going to be a lot more <laughs> battling for pots... There's going to be a lot more uh, shit like this that goes down. If this were nine-handed uh, with 43 left, I think that it would be... I don't know if it's worse. Maybe that's not the right word because it might not be good here either. This is just like a standard Tuesday for Cal. 100%. 100%. <laughs> this is what happens when you're I mean, one of the chosen ones. He doesn't always run good there. 
Like he just breaks out a lot, and you know. Well, yeah, usually that happens with like fifty people left, and you just bust. Yeah, exactly. I've never seen somebody swing from like chip leader to last in chips back to chip leader as much as Cal. Like if you play <laughs> if you play WSOP online, like you just always see his name either at the top or the bottom, and somewhere in between. What's his name? Projector fifty two. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He used to be Cal Band. I don't know what that even means. I had this conversation yesterday actually, because like I didn't know Cal X years ago. Yeah. But, like I was just, like uh, with Toby. He hasn't changed. Was, this it, is like twenty years he, in the well, making. Like, he was saying like uh, he was saying like I guess now like the difference is like Cal's are like a little bit more calibrated than he used to be, mm. <laughs> and like that's enough sometimes, you know? Because yeah. he clearly does a lot of things very very well. Like he's playing a different game than everybody else. Yeah. To where he goes for it so much, his value thresholds can decrease. Right. But now you have to play the leveling game of is this guy going to call fifth pair when I value bet second pair? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's also a really fun dynamic. But I don't think he—I don't think he does play the leveling game. Is the point? He just does. Things. I think he just knows that his image gets him paid when he gets that thin. Right. So where's the line for thin? Sometimes it's second pair. Sometimes it's third pair. Yeah, that's up for him to decide. You know, <laughs> it's, his, you, it's his oyster. Well, it's in the moment. I, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to reduce the game down to a feel spot. But like, that's a big. When you're talking about guys like Chance, guys like Cal, guys like Mormon, probably to some degree. Uh, the the hyper high VPIP guys that fight for every single pot tooth and nail, I think that they have a really good grasp of where their opposition's thresholds are. So they, I think they know when they're going to get called too light. I think they have an idea of when they're being trapped. And it's not foolproof. Of course, they're just going to get themselves sometimes, but that's the game, you know? You just put yourself out there to to kind of... Uh, value cut yourself in some situations and then you live and learn and move on and I think that the opposite approach is the machine approach where it's just about leveraging your stack to the fullest degree well I mean like for call it, it example in the other way like, like the way I busted day 1A that's a machine play yeah 80 <laughs> big blinds ace king sail it baby and that's but it's a good one it you is know? a good like, one you look at someone like Saliba who's like played poker for MTTs for like three years now and playing high stake stuff like very very Called we like overlord esque kind of guy. Sure, there's some live stuff here and there, but like he's just winning everything. Yeah, Got third and 25k for 500k. Had a bunch of wins prior in the year, you know. So like people that say, oh, like the sim guys don't win. No, they win. They win a lot. They win a lot. They just you you see them a lot less in the big fields. But that's just because there's less of them in relation to everybody else. That's true. Maybe. Maybe. You know, like that's look at like, Chewie's a sim guy. Chewie's a fuel guy. Sim guy. Just, Final two tables of WPT I now. I mean, Chewie <laughs> speaks to aliens at night, all right? He also <laughs> speaks to the machine at night. All right, but he speaks to aliens. He's got another fucking... Maybe he thinks an alien is controlling the machine. Yeah, maybe I mean, Maybe that's maybe true. I'm not, not hate on him, you know? I, speak, I want to speak to aliens, too. The Bring alien down. overlord. I mean, like, you look somewhere like someone like Brock, right? Like, Brock's really great, too. Machine guy wins a bunch, does a bunch of good things, you know? I think it's just the, the proportion of the sim guys versus, like, the feel guys. There's a lot more feel guys well so when they win the big field stuff it's like oh of course a field guy's gonna win or make a top maybe, final table i mean maybe that's true to some degree i think more specifically uh the guys that are good at the machine just jump to the highest stakes so like guys like where they respect raises yeah guys like <laughs> guys like uh brock and saliba are just going to play more 25k pluses and guys like bin and chance and um cal and um Elias and you know the people that fit into the the live guy um archetype I guess are just going to be a lot more 5k's and under 
And it's not like they're not going to step up. They will. It's just not going to be the majority of their volume because they're men of the people, you know? <laughs> and that's their skill set is just like absolutely fleecing people that aren't prepared to freestyle, you know? And that's the majority of the field when you're talking about like, when you're talking about events that have like 500 plus people, the majority of that field is freestyling. So being right. able to freestyle, out freestyle them, out maneuver them, out pressure them, leverage your stack in uh, post swap dynamics rather than pre, that is just like a really great way to skyrocket your win rate. Whereas I think the machine, and that was kind of like what I was alluding to with, you know, like your 25k bust out of PCA, the 3k deep run that you had at the World Series, both of them are just like yeeting a bunch of chips pre against another good player, and it's fine. Obviously, they're not losing plays. It's just you could eat a bunch of chips post versus really bad players, and they're gonna they're gonna be fucking lost on an island. You know, they they look at their hand and they have no idea what calling properties are supposed to be utilized to bluff catch. They just feel their way through the spot. It's so it is tough because like as like I lean (laughs) my my tendency leans more machine than it does feel versus. Versus, like, call it very studied and elite players, the issue is, like, when you don't start taking machine line, you now give up win rate to the guy because you're... He can't take win rate directly from you because right. it's the field. You're playing the field always. Whether it's your table or the entire existing field. Like, if... Well, because if I don't 3-bet enough with some of the candidates that are supposed to 3-bet, 5-bet, he gets to raise more. Sure. So uh, by default, I'm giving some EV back. And the EV that you're giving back is not going to be as much as the EV you can gain from exactly. playing an SRP versus a Giga Whale in, exactly. a, in, a, right. in a single race pot. That's the bigger bigger point, I think. But now like, it's the classic, oh, there's bigger fish to fry, but if you never fry a fish, you're going to starve. Yeah, I think that's applicable. But as long as you're still in the tournament, you're allowed to fly, fry fish. Yeah, you're pretty much always frying fish. At some point, the, the fish are gone. Are they? They uh, got to be. Bro, the million dollar that. final table, my guy Santosh, right in the fucking mix. <laughs> Don't like you point, call Santosh a fish. The point being is like, you're not going to get spots. The game is not designed for you to get all those spots. Be like, oh man, like I can't, I have to give it up here because I'm going to get my spot versus him. It's, it's less about like passing on areas where you know that you're making money. And it's more about passing on areas where either you're unsure or there's zero EV. I think that that's like really the bigger picture thing i i don't think well that's the, i think my stance is it's not actually zero ev like the four bed jam or the five bed jam with the ace four mm-hmm. if the guy's four betting too wide could be worth a lot it's a big but if though it's also it also could be worth negative a lot yeah it's a big big if <laughs> zoomed in on him like the likelihood that you're facing too wide of a four bet versus too tight of one button cut off versus someone that's good at poker uh, Versus another person who's good at poker. Like, maybe he just understands that you're going to play well. But the way that I see it is if somebody plays well, they're probably going to four bet appropriately versus not versus four bet tighter. So that's the point. You can't gravitate then and say, like, I'm printing here because he four bets too wide. And you can't also can't gravitate towards saying I'm losing here because he four bets too tight. You just assume that he four bets appropriately. In which case now you either want to play zero EV node or you just want to give up. And I know giving up's hard. Well, because giving up sometimes, <laughs> if you don't do it, is actually losing much more. You know? It's impossible to know. Because That's, if he is too tight, but, then you're doing the right thing. If he's too wide, then yeah, you're losing too much. It's impossible to tough know. Tough game. It's just impossible <laughs> to know. What we do know, though, is the other seven players that stink 
are giving something up every time they put chips in the pot. And we can play against them. So then why check raise bluff ever? Well, because you can print versus weak players who can't defend versus check raise bluffs. But now we're making assumptions as to can they defend correctly. No, we're not. We know that bad players are doing wrong things in just about every single node. Right? They're kind just, of. They're just bleeding EV. It's, it's very hard to have a negative win rate and find spots where they're taking plus EV lines without the nuts. You're making it sound like it's very simple. It's, uh, I'm simplifying <laughs> it because it's a relatively simple outlook of a strategy, but obviously it's incredibly complex and you need to be capable of battling against uh, really good players. Yeah, of course. Why? Because at some point you're going to find yourself three-handed like Cal did. But at that point you already have $500,000. So you want to win 1.3. You don't want to yeah. just leave money on the table. Right. It's a lot of money to be left <laughs> so, on the table. I don't want to make a final table and be the weakest player there. Right. So you're right. That's where you're going to make the most of your win rate, right? When you're at the final table. But you don't get to that point without having to scam people along the way, too. Agreed. Where at some point it's button versus small blind, and the button opens for 30, and you have deuces in the small blind where you know that you have a jam for many clear reasons because winning the pot pre is worth a lot. And you say, oh, like, yeah. I'm just going to call here and try to flop a set. No, I wouldn't even call. Just fold. <laughs> I, would, I would fold or jam. Yeah. Didn't you, well, you can't fold. <laughs> you can fold. I, all right. Next topic. I mean, you can fold. Next flex. Next topic. Next flex. I'm still in the tournament, man. Yeah. Next, this just next fold. topic, man. Just I can't do this right move now. Move on to the next hand. I can't do this right now. It's I'm okay. not in the muck again. The stim is stimming. No, it's just a ridiculous statement. <laughs> it's just truly Stim ridiculous. It's not making that much money. Yes, it is. That's the point. It's really like a big blind. Uh, when you jam. Yes. Yeah, but not through call. <laughs> you're probably so now you're actively choosing a worse option to hope that you well stay in the tournament. No, the things that would prevent me from jamming are believing that the button is opening far too tight from theory. In which case, now it's not making a big blind when I jam. Yeah. Who knows what they're opening? Sometimes it's it's a mistake. No one but knows, no Landon, one knows but like you can make pretty strong assertions about right. certain people. Yes. If Brian is on the, well, maybe Brian's not the right to do it. The turtle's on the button and you have deuces Easy. for 30. I'll see you I later. would jam versus LaManna because I think he's opening relatively appropriately. But if his dad's on the button, I would fold. Shout out to Chico. Chico! <laughs> but now you're, you're going His from, dad's opening like 27%. You don't know that. He's yeah. out there mixing it you're up. He's playing a tournament right now. You're going from one extreme <laughs> to the other, and, and you're doing the same thing I'm doing with the, with the... I'm not going from one extreme to the other. I'm just making a very strong assertion based off of having a decent read on people. I can see, like, how they VPIP, and if they continually pass on button opens... The point... My, the whole overarching point is there will be good players in this... Call, in any tournament with X amount left that are opening appropriately, sure. and you have deuces, and you pile it, and you lose. Yeah, that's fine. Right, so sometimes you are just a scam to the system, and then maybe, you're out. Maybe. I would give up a big blind in that spot if the other seven spots were terrible. If the other seven spots were just like literally bleeding EV to me every single time we put money in the pot, I would probably just pass on making a big blind versus the good player. The good player just calls correctly. Yeah, but that doesn't... That it still wins a big spot. blind. It yeah, wins 100 big blinds per 100. Right. It wins a buy-in no, every time. No, don't do that. That's, no, that's not no. the way it works. It that, is how it works. They were just not. talking it about that on Twitter. Somebody right. just literally Clark, said, can we stop doing this? Peter Clark tweeted about it, and I think it's really sharp. Like, it's, it's the wrong way to measure errors. Because you're not losing 100 big blinds per 100 hands. You're losing 100 big, or you're losing 100 big blinds per 100 spots, which is just one big blind per spot that you're in. Yeah, you're losing a big blind. That's a lot. 
Yes, it's a lot, <laughs> but it's it's not like you're losing a buy-in. Uh, 100 big blinds, uh, if, if we're equating this to cash, it's not like you're losing a buy-in if you're dealt the spot 100 times. You're still only losing one big blind each time. It's different. It is different. It what has to be different. What is different? Right? Like, it, it's very different because, like, there, there are definitely spots where, like, you can make a 10 big blind error or a 15 big blind error. Like, you can't extrapolate that out and say, like, oh, my God, he's losing, you know, 1,500 big blinds per 100. <laughs> I mean, you kind of can when it comes to the way that the, the way that people see the game, right? Because if they never take the spot, they are losing that much. If every single time someone had deuces and didn't know it's a pure jam and wins a big blind, and they don't do it, by default, they're losing 100 big blinds per 100 spots they get deuces in the small blind. Only if what they do is fold every single time. They have to do the counter. They, they, they and have why to, wouldn't they? They have to do the thing that actually loses the full big blind. Because, what do you mean, why wouldn't they, man? You know, there's, you know how many people out there like, are supposed to be jamming small pairs in spots and they just call instead? Yes, I know how many people do this, and that's why they call small pairs. Right, so th that's my point. Is like Now they're not losing the full big blind. They're losing the difference between the two actions. But uh, e even still... Even if they are losing these amounts of big blinds, it's, it's overlooking the way that EV is exchanged throughout the course of a hand, right? So it's like, yes, in this exact decision point, they're costing themselves one big blind, but say they enter through a different node, like call or something along those lines, they may recoup some of this loss rate. So you think if somebody is a call it overlord to the max, yep. you would rather, you think they're more equipped for playing high rollers than mains? No, not necessarily. I, I think they're. I think they're equipped. To, they're just winning. It doesn't matter what what they play. They're equipped to win. Anywhere. Well, they're going to be winning more in mains because there's more. Just win more often. They're they're yeah. less subject to variance. I mean, or they're less subject to volatility. Let me put it that way. It's different. They're still subject to variance within the constructs of the game, but because they get to actually physically win more often, the volatility is less. I mean, look at someone like Chris. Like Chris went on like this infinite downswing. Yeah. And then did the exact same things a year later and won $14 million in yeah, a year. No one would argue that. But I also would make the case that Chris would never in a million years want to be a average buy-in guy of like $1,500. He would just never... He would get a job. He almost did get a job. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, it's... He, he is... He wants to be elite. He wants to be one of the best poker minds in the world and he's probably on path to do that but it's just not necessary in these smaller fields. Carving out these little EV spots here and there where if you're incorrect about your opponent's counter, you're actually giving that EV back, it's just not worth it, in my opinion. Like I think there's just like better ways at a global level to win more money. And that's why I point to guys like Chance and guys like uh, maybe Foxen to a certain degree, guys like Elias. They navigate these- Fox is mix, right? Plays everything. Yeah. But these guys like navigate the highest EV spots and they don't, they don't lose any sleep over the micro spots that are, you know, plus or minus a half a big blind one way or the other, depending on how accurate you are with your, with your opponent's um, range. Yeah. Like, like with or the strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the thing that nobody's talking about. It's like, you guys always want to be overlords to the sim, but it's all dependent upon your opponent playing a fixed strategy that you're able to have vision over. And that's why I'm saying, like, if I think of a guy's opening the button way too tight, then I have vision over his fixed strategy, and the proper adjustment is to fold more, not to jam more, or jam appropriately. Well, it's not to jam more. It's jam to, appropriately. It's to jam even. the correct hand classes. It's not, though. Okay. 
if we if we tighten his range, <laughs> deuces it's, will fall off. Yeah, like you have sure, to recognize deuces that. Deuces will fall off, but we'll still have a jam range. Sure, nobody's arguing of that. You have tighter, to have, right? Tighter differently. It's like called ICM spots. Like there's some spots where you don't jam deuces, but you pile jack ten. Fine. Not what your dad says. Yeah, well, my dad doesn't play poker for a living. I don't know. I think your dad's onto something. He's not wrong. Why? I like to cross book against my dad or anyone that wants to view themselves as my dad adjacent. I'll tell you what. If anyone else is trying to be like my dad and wants to bet against me in poker, I would love to bet against you. Let's let's uh, let's have your dad coach. Let's tell dads out there. Let's have your dad. Happy Father's Day. Coach someone up in this room. Happy Father's Day to all you fucking dads out there. Bob, hit me up. Yeah, we're gonna, have, we're gonna have your dad coach Conrad for a year and see how his results. Yeah, let's start see out. how that works. <laughs> we'll freestyle out there. Man. I can't wait. I can't wait for the. I can't wait till Conrad wins the fucking Borgata Main. I, no, I can't wait Me for the either. deep run where where Conrad uh, shows us the text exchange between you, him and your dad. <laughs> what would Mike like, Tice do? He's like, he's like, had five point five million and then lost the flip Queens versus Ace King and now I'm out. And your dad's just like, why didn't he cash out? <laughs> Cue the Marley video. It was so funny. Marley texted me. He's like, "What are the things that your mom or dad have told you about poker?" That's like, that's a great source mm-hmm. to go to. That's yep. funny. Uh, to to try to get to this. All in with a jack and a ten. All in with a jack and a ten. All right, let's give some so shout close. outs. Let's give some so... shout outs to people who got rich. Shout out to Calvin Anderson, as we mentioned. Online legend crushes the WSOP street still $1.3 million up top in the prime. He took it down. That's the biggest first prize in any 1K, I believe, in history. In poker history. Uh, Not the biggest 1K field, though. We've seen larger in the the original Colossus. The mil- no, the Colossus wasn't a one k. The original one was no. It? I think it was. Okay. A, I think the original was like a six hundred or something. Okay. Yeah, it was, I think it was but the, but the, uh, the the millionaire maker. That's fifteen hundred. Oh, it is a fifteen hundred. Yeah. This was the biggest prize pool for a one k. Mm. Yeah, maybe, but I, uh, maybe it is. I, I thought that they ran. I thought the WSB ran a very large one k. I, I might be wrong. Um, oh yeah, the um, the the mystery bounty. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean that was a million dollar mystery bounty. Yeah, that mystery bounty probably had a bigger prize pool. Had to have there yeah. were two one million dollar bounties. <laughs> yeah. I think there was twenty thousand runners in that, wasn't it? At least something it was something like stupid. Yeah. It was a one k. Mm-hmm. It was a fifteen hundred. It was a one k. It was something yeah. absurd. One yeah, k. When Glance pulled it, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, no, this no, was this, that was this year. Oh, this year, yeah. Last, the, he pulled it last. He pulled it in twenty twenty two. Same thing with Glances though. Like oh, okay. that. That was a very large field too. Right. Yeah. So yeah, not the largest one k field, but the largest first prize. Right. Uh, to to a 1k so big shout out to Cal shout out to Bing Wang he continues his reign of terror <laughs> his reign of terror shipping the 25k this is the one that Rampage won last year he took it home for $958,279 my guy he is just out in the streets what a fucking year man do we know what his 2023 totals are like do we have any concept uh, I don't know man all I know is he's won like three tournaments for a million starting what? off with the Borgata yeah scroll up to his hand and you're, you're like cropped here Guapo. Yeah, I got you. Give me one second. For some reason. He's too busy zooming in on Santosh in the other picture. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're, now we're on the permanent. Okay, so his total live earnings are 8.5 million. I feel like most of that is, oh my God, he's from PA. I'm never going to climb this goddamn list. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Uh, scroll he's down a little fifth. bit. He's fifth now in the all time Pennsylvania's all time money list. I feel like at one point in time I was like fourth or fifth, and now I'm probably like thirteenth. He's first in the uh, GPI. Yeah, he had a hell of a year, <laughs> hell of a fucking year. Uh, just scroll down a little bit through his his. Uh, oh, I can't see. Yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, so a million, a hundred and thirty, 
Uh, keep going, keep going. Just you can just do it by date. One fifty by um big scores. Yeah, just click the yeah, because they're all yeah they're all this year probably. Yeah. He has like, so I'm pretty sure they're three millions this year, right? Yeah, so 2.2, 1.1, 1. 1, 1, wow, he has three seven-figure scores this year. <laughs> really four if you count the 25K. What a yeah. fucking sicko. 2.2, 3.3, 4.3, 5.3, 5.5, 5.6, 5.7, 5.8, 5.9, 5.10, 5.11, 5.12, 5.13, 5.14, 5.15, 5.16, 5.17, 5.18, 5.19, 
don't know him. I played a lot of cash with him. Go, go ahead like and that. read it off there, Landon. Uh, from chip leader to 16th, Ben Jacobs, 77 bigs. Maxime Shalad, 64 big blinds. Matrosian, 60. Carl Shaw, 48. Sepio, 47. John Richards, 44. Georgios Soteropoulos, 41. Ben Heath, Mormon, Chewy. One, two, three. Heath, Mormon, Chewy. Mm-hmm. Jason Min, Enrique Zanetti, Ade Alono. Mustache Raphael Mark's Boy. still in the building. Yeah, mustache Mark in and Polyus Vitinic. Uh, Vitekunas. I'm so happy you I got did. one. Yeah, there's a couple Svens left. Mm-hmm. Definitely a couple Svens left. He's a Sven. One Sven. He's a Sven. Ben Heath counts as a Sven. No, no, no. You can't have an I English met someone Sven. yesterday whose name was actually Sven. Nice. He, shout he shout he, out to Sven. He didn't look like Sven, but I was like, you ever watch a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you are, what you, you uh, yeah. are what you represent. That is true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're going to have a big play down day, day today. Uh, I believe they're playing down to the six-handed final table. That's correct. Which will be really exciting for us to cover tomorrow. Um, obviously I'm very biased. I'm pulling for Chewy. Big shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully we see some mixing, but it looks like it's a pretty tough final 16. I didn't, I didn't see too many names in there. I don't recognize, I don't recognize any amateurs for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, we're going to see some battling for sure. Uh, also have the one drop final table airing today. So I think that that's going to be the early portion of the WPT coverage. They're down to the final six for pay. $1.2 million for min cash. $7.1 million up top. We got Dan Smith chip leading with 61 bigs. Uh, Mario Moss... I always, I always mispronounce this. Mossbach, 3.3 million, uh, 42 big blinds. Makita coming in third. Haxton, Santosh, and Petrangelo rounding out the bottom three. If Ike wins this, he might just put a real stamp on possibly one of the best years that we've seen in recent history. Uh, I know this happens Only a lot. Only rival to Bin. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing, right? Like uh, Bin's out there in the open events and, yeah. he, and he's in their high rollers. Yeah, so it's, so it's like when Ike wins, you know, 25 million, that's like Bin winning five. Right. And uh, they're both equally as sick. Yeah. Well, Bin's I guess just, in different ways. Mm-hmm. Ike, Bin's just Ike pretty is pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, but so is Ike, field. man. Like, he's blowing through the toughest fields in the fucking no, world. of course, but winning an open field event and winning a shitload of them in a year is absurd. It is hard. It's it's very strange because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Ike is playing small fields. Maybe he's winning, like, 30-person fields. They're two-day events, whatever. And Ben is, like, winning, you know, fucking 3,000-person fields. Seven-day tournaments. Well, some. <laughs> this, like, you know, this main event's seven. But most are, like, three- or four-day events. I mean, shit, the Borgata was, like, five or six. I don't think so. No, WPTs are three and four days. Either well, way, they're massive It wasn't fields. a WPT. Oh, it was the... Bet MGM yeah. open or whatever. I and mean, it was pretty big. I would be surprised if it was that many days, oh, unless okay. it's a bunch of day ones. But anyway, what I was getting at is like at the end of it all, uh, what makes what Bin does so impressive is because the amount of variance you have to fight through to get through those days. But the truth of the matter is, it's a three day event. It's it's three days to get from start to finish. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So no matter how big the field is. It's three days. People right. are just like getting knocked out around you. Yeah. You know, you don't actually have to do that all is, of the heavy lifting. Right. Exactly. You still have to survive that amount of poker. Yeah. That so many it's, levels. Right? It is weird because wait, it's wait like. better spots because people will lose it all on other tables. Well, they will. Yeah. And <laughs> you'll get 24th. hundreds and hundreds of people. Like, that's what you can't do in high rollers because there's six people. Yeah. You know, you got to, you got to take you all the spots. You shut up the chess club and there's only 10 of you. Yeah. So <laughs> this one drop. It's it's funny because it's like one of those tournaments where min caching is very important. <laughs> kind of. I mean, it's one point two. It's million. not the Santos. I can promise you that. Well, no, yeah. right? He's unique, but like you know, it's 
it's funny because it's a min cash, but it's a one point two million dollar cash. Yeah, but for these guys, relative. for these guys, it's all relative because they're selling off. They're not putting up the million uh, themselves, so it's like it's actually one point two buy-ins. And that's okay though, yeah. because no, it's fine. But it's like a one point two buy-in min cash is very small. Yeah, no, it is mm-hmm. very small. I just mean from the sense of the whole, like people thinking that it's bad for poker that. It's more known now that people don't have all of their action in these things. High stakes wouldn't exist. Yeah. You know, right. if you want to see elite players there playing... There's no one drop. <laughs> yeah. If you want to see elite players playing the highest stakes in the world, then you have to understand they, it's a business. And mm-hmm. it's not the whole, oh man, like I don't care because the money's not mine. It's like, I care more because I'm trying to play the best poker in the world. Yeah. And the yeah. money that is theirs is still a lot of fucking money. If they're putting up 10%, that's $100,000. That's yeah. a lot of fucking money. Yeah. You know? I don't know who you guys are rooting for. But I'm rooting for my boy, Cowboy Dan here. Nah, Santos. Year of Dan. Cowboy Dan's got to win. He said it was the year of Dan. He did say year of Dan. It could be the year of Dan. I think him and... uh, He trusts the machine. I want Dan. I think, (laughs) yeah, I think him and Haxton are like the two big stories as far as like what it would mean to their year. Uh, Ike has just had like a career year and this would just put a big bullet point on it. Um, I think Dan's had like an up and down year, but as of late, he's been kind of sun running a bit. He's been doing really well. I think he had a deep run in the last Triton. He did. In the Invitational, I believe. Um, He went super deep in that. Dan. He won. Did he end up winning it? He won. I couldn't remember. Okay, yeah. So he just won the Triton, you know, coming off of a big major. Hashtag year of Dan. Mario's also had a pretty sick year, I believe. I think he did well in Bahamas, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I I thought I remembered him and Fedor posting something from there mario wants something yeah he um, always wins something right exactly uh so <laughs> yeah it'll, it'll be fun to Look watch obviously we're all rooting for santosh everybody's rooting for santosh i mean everybody plays cash everybody, except for, the, everybody <laughs> except for the people in that field yeah, yeah. you know they're it's not good for, but, it's good for yeah. you if he wins not really he'll, he'll, he'll find find a way. twice you don't get to play with him that much yeah i don't get to play with him that much, when you do it would be nice seven million extra dollars i do love me some santosh he doesn't need the seven million. It's not going to change anything about his approach to the game. Yeah. But it's W's, baby. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, w's. maybe it would be bad. We might lose him to the MTTs. Mm, he'd be like, "Oh, I can just, I could just win the hardest MTTs out there." Right. Start playing high rollers, baby. Yeah, you have to get. Yeah, time to start selling one point oh five. They'll start running fucking million dollar buy-ins every month. Yeah, that might, that might make <laughs> yeah, me sad. Yeah, it's just called the monthly million. Yeah, the monthly milli. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That would be fascinating to see how it plays out. That'd be absurd. I mean, what you say like when uh when Arya first started having high rollers, like they were sick? Yeah, they were really good. I mean, I want one. <laughs> how bad could they be? Well, you didn't win one. You chopped it. Yeah, I chopped it. Yeah, but you got first. Smart. It says first on there. It does say first. Uh, and you didn't even get a trophy. I did not get the trophy. Damn. I probably also wouldn't have won if we had played it out because they were playing uh, very smart, and I was just trying to end the event. Mm. <laughs> they were playing like the same. They were out there freestyling. Play, they were playing for money. You were playing for speed. It was Ike and Jake, and I had like half the chips in play, and they were both like 15 effective, and they were just rejamming every fucking hand, and I was just like, God, give me an ace. <laughs> give me a fucking ace. I'll put them both to bed. You don't need an ace. You need like queen three suited. Yeah, whatever, but I'll put them to bed. Let's go. <laughs> but you did have ideas that were correct back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't retarded. <laughs> was that the point? Wow. The point is like you have like but back in like 2015, someone has queen four suited. They don't think to pile on two people. You're like, I got oh. a queen. Yeah, I think it's just the. Uh, I'm all in. I think it's the the inherent it's desire the to win pots. It's the gamble. Well, it's the yeah. It's, Having some like deep seated gamble in you. Yeah, you, know? you just you wanted to win. 
Yeah, you start. You, you start, didn't want to get called. You just right, wanted to win the pot. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You start from the gamble aspect of it, and then uh, work your way backwards to refining it to good strategy. All countdown to zero, man. Yeah, that is true. All right. Well, speaking of counting down to zero, let's get out of here. Bye. Uh, that's gonna do it for us. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. again. Tomorrow is gonna be our secret Santa, so we're gonna have some fun stuff to kick off. We have friend court tomorrow, which uh, once again I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Uh, block, man. We also we also have launched launched Lounge. a uh, Only Friends TikTok. So if you want to see some clips from the Only Friends podcast, you can head to TikTok. I believe it is at Only, Only Friends Pod. S for Y. Okay, that's a little much. But, uh, hey, Only Friends Pod was taken. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> so at Only Friends Pod S for Y on TikTok. If you want to catch some of those shorts, I think we're going to be launching them on YouTube as well pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, lastly, if you want to cop some merch, go ahead and click the link in the pinned comment above or in the description below. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think about the right way to navigate tournaments and uh, Landon's existential crisis. <laughs> we'll see you guys all 11 a.m. tomorrow. Later, squad. Peace. Peace.